Welcome everyone to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I am one of your hosts, Charlie. I'm joined by Haley and Miguel. And this is a show about the creator economy and about things that matter to creators. And today we're going to talk about something that maybe people might not think is related to creators, uh, but that is networking. I'm curious to know from you two, what comes to mind when you think about networking? Like, what is your gut reaction to the concept of networking? Barf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like networking that much. It's tedious. And uh, I don't know. What, what comes to mind is like very, I don't know, sort of like tedious conversations that may or may not go anywhere. Maybe this mm. will, maybe this is a waste of my time. Maybe it's not. Are we just like kind of like blowing hot air past each other? I'm not sure. I know it's more than that, but that's my, like my gut feeling. Yes, that's what I was asking because I thought it might be something like that. What what about for you, Haley? <laughs> oh, I see. I love this conversation because pre-creator uh, sessions, I used to own and run all the events at ConvertKit. So I have such a soft spot for events and networking. But I mean, I think it depends on the way that you look at it. So mm-hmm. if you go to a conference to create genuine human connection And as a creator, especially in the creator economy, where so many of us work remotely, if your mission is to like connect with people, then I think that you're going to have a really successful, like a successful event and networking is going to feel far more natural. If you go to a conference and you sign up for these like speed round, right? Like style Mm -hmm. networking Mm -hmm. events or, and it feels like you're like, you're there to just, I I don't know. I, it, the outcome is different you know, when, when you go to try to further your business, in my opinion, you know, but so I love them if they're done right. Craft and commerce is a wonderful example. I think we do craft and commerce, right. And I think it fosters a great environment to create real human connection, but a lot of conferences that encourage networking, get it wrong. Mm. And it doesn't end up creating real, like real human connection for lasting relationships, which ultimately is what creates a good wide network. And I think that a lot of people, so creators, but, you know, like just in general, people approach networking wrong and they approach it more as the, okay, I need something. And so I have to put in the time to do this thing because Mm -hmm. I need something from this person. And I like what you said, Haley, about it. It's connecting with other people. It's connecting with humans. And this was a, like a mindset shift. I feel like I had, Ooh, I was going to say a couple of years ago, but it was probably more like five years ago now. I've been doing this YouTube thing for a while, I guess. Uh, but I, I sort of realized it that I, I, was asked, I was at this YouTube event talking to people and, you know, just getting to know people. And I realized like, wait, I'm kind of like networking right now. And like, I'm kind of killing it. Like we're making connections. We just followed each other on Twitter and like, you know. And whereas previously I'd always been kind of averse to networking for all the similar reasons that Miguel talked uh-huh. about. It's just like. I don't know. I'm an introvert and I don't like talking about myself a lot of the time. And so it felt weird to like go up to someone and be like, hi, here's why I'm important and why you should want to get to know me. But if you approach networking in that way, I don't think you're going to get much value out of it. And I don't think I did until I realized this like mindset shift. Yeah. I always went in a capacity like on behalf of a company, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the really big challenges for me as an individual, this does not necessarily apply to the creator economy, you know, because most creators are creators themselves and they're trying to connect with other creators. In my situation, it was always uh, what I found really difficult is I didn't like being forced to talk about 
to make the first part of our relationship about like a sales interaction. Yeah. That just doesn't feel right because I don't think, especially in this space, that that's how I would end up getting a customer to come over and learn, actually learn more about ConvertKit, you know? Um, But some of my best relationships I've, are relationships that I've cultivated at events just because I'm connecting with humans and I'm just genuinely excited to be around people that share similar interests. And that's been such a, like a positive, you know, yeah, I don't know. Networking is also just easy for me. I'm, (laughs) I'm a people person. I like to talk to people. I am also side note. I am an ambivert. So like, I can't, I, I am not an extrovert by nature. I really, I can turn it on, but I have to turn it off at two. Okay. Okay. You know, there, so it is people oftentimes assume that I am just completely extroverted and that is not true. That is not the case. I'm like, I need to go have some alone time, sit in my car. The before I come into my house, I walk into my house side. This is just a random side note, but I will sit in my car for at least 20 minutes before I walk into the chaos. Just have some alone Haley time before you have to go into Haley mom mode. (laughs) Or, or sales mode or friend mode or networking mode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do as well for events where I know that I'm going there and I'm going to be meeting a lot of new people, which is essentially what networking is, right? It's meeting a lot of new people who are your peers, who are in your industry, doing similar things to you. I always have to like psych myself up beforehand. I'll like listen to, to my like pump up music before I go and I'll have a great time while I'm there because I love connecting with people, especially when it's not just small talk. Um, yeah. You know, it's my favorite thing when we can move past that. But at the end of it, I will be spent, like completely <laughs> exhausted after a networking event. <laughs> so to clarify, I want to say, I want to said earlier, I, I identify with what you ladies are saying about like needing to recharge. And I would say, what did you call it? An ambivert? Is that ambivert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the mid, it's oh. like the, the intersection of extrovert and introvert. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. I've always called myself like an outgoing introvert. Like I'm, I have introverted mm-hmm. tendencies, but I can turn it on if I need to and even enjoy mm-hmm. it most of the time. But like definitely like sucks the life out of me. When I think of networking, I just, the situation, I think, that I have a problem with is having the same conversation over and over and over again yes. with different people. And that part is the worst. Like, what do you, somebody asked is like, so what do you do? And then you just give them the spiel. It's like, oh, that's cool. And then you elaborate on that. It's like, oh, like, you know, where, where are you from? And then like, you start, you have like all those, like you said, the small talk, but, um, just kind of having to give your sales pitch about yourself over and over and over again. Yeah. At some point you just like, or I get, super over that. Oh yeah. So it has a lot to do with what Haley was saying about like setting that situation up for success, like the event and how it's presented. And it's just like, if it's just a free for all, where it's just a giant room of people talking about themselves, like no thanks. But if it's like, there's some structure or some fun to it or something like that, or yeah, some way to get around those like more tedious things, then I'm all about it. Mm. I always like to approach events, um, you know, conferences, times where I know there's going to be networking involved as a quality rather than quantity thing where Mm. I'm not there to like meet as many people as possible. In fact, I literally say to myself before I go to any meetup or, you know, design conference or whatever, it's like, I want to connect with one person, like really connect with them to a Uh point where I'm like, we had a great chat. We went past the, you know, that surface level of what we do, where we're from, et cetera. And then that'll be a success for me. And that will have been worth my time going to this event. 
And that's what I sort of go in looking for. And obviously I'm going to have more than one conversation because you're not going to click with everybody that you talk to. You're not going to click necessarily with the first person, but that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I guess keeps me going when I have the more surface level conversations where it's like, okay, maybe we're not each other's people, you know, which happens sometimes. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll move on and we'll, try someone else and we'll we'll see if we can get there with the next one but that's always what i'm looking for is like just one connection per event is is a great win for me <laughs> yeah i love putting an outcome at like f- figuring out what your um success metric is and yours mm-hmm. is is one person and i think that's really important um one of the talking points that you had for this episode is like what's advice that we can you know provide to give people yeah. when networking becomes a thing again you know well Maybe we can get into it, but I also believe that it can happen just as easily online. But finish your point for okay, now, okay. and then we'll go into that. Um, anyways. <laughs> Ooh, controversy. I love having this success metric because I have been to a lot of different types of events. I've been to events that are like heavily focused on women, and I've been to, you know, events that are heavily focused on just, you know, diverse groups of people in both sex and race and all the things. And I feel like there's really unique and interesting things that happen at each one of them. For me as a woman, I have a harder time being at events with just women because it always Hmm. feels like it's this, you're always, you're trying to impress. There's this, I don't know, trying to impress culture. I think, you know, that happens like what outfit are you wearing for day one? What outfit are you wearing for day two? What three, you know, and it's that, that's a really hard environment for me to be in just because I don't feel, I feel like that doesn't foster actual real connection. Cause that fosters, like you're saying, well, I'm going to talk to this person because of something that I see on the outside versus something that's happening on the inside. Mm. And that's always been a really hard environment for me. Those events also have a lot of really wonderful things about them that happen, women supporting women and, and, you know, but sometimes it's, it's hard to get past some of those things, but I just love that you set up the sex success metric. You're like one person, because then you walk into an event and even if it didn't meet what your expectations were in your mind, your success metric was met. If you meet that one you know, you get, have that one conversation, then you're not judging it for all these other things. And if you look back at like even Nathan and Barrett, I'm sure they would say this is that they've met, they met their arguably their best friends and people that have been most influential in ConvertKit's business, Ryan Delk, who's on our board and James Clear, who's a New York times, you know, best-selling author at what WWDF world domination summit. WW yeah. <laughs> World on WDS. WDS. Yeah. Just just one W. <laughs> Whatever. And <laughs> it, it was because they fostered a good environment for connection. Yeah. And um now, you know, 15 years later, 10 years later, however many years later it is, there's huge parts of each other's lives, which is yeah, is really cool. Several people in this company, right? Yeah. I was just gonna say I'm here at ConvertKit because I met Nathan at a conference. Yeah. Um about four and a half years ago. So yeah, it happened for me too. <laughs> same with Yuri, I think, right? Yep, same with Yuri. <laughs> well, See? tell us that story. Tell for everyone who hasn't heard that story, yeah. tell that story a little bit because I think that it lends really well to why networking is important and can have a ha- massive impact on your life. Totally. And I think it's a great example of networking too, because there was no like, it wasn't a business framed conversation that we're in. And I don't know, I'll just get into it. So Nathan and I were both speakers at a conference called the Sean West Conference, Sean McCabe. He has a community and yeah, was running this, this conference, mostly for members of its community. Nathan was talking about pricing models. I was talking about YouTube because I've been doing it consistently for a while. 
After the conference wrapped up on the second day, it was lunchtime and Nathan asked if myself and my friend Femke would be interested in going to get lunch together. And we were like, great, you know, like Nathan Barry, big, big guy in the blogging and design world and wants to have lunch with us. This is cool. So we grabbed a few other people as well and went to this little pizza place and basically just sat there talking for hours, which is networking in a way. It's getting to know new people, you know. And during that conversation is when Nathan was like, so have you ever considered working remotely for an email marketing software company? And I was very confused by this question, but eventually worked out it was kind of like a job offer uh, and we went from there. But yeah, it was all super just, it was casual, right? Networking can be casual. It doesn't have to be this whole idea of like, I'm here to do business. I'm going to hand you my business card. You're going to hand me yours and we're going to talk business together. We were talking about like design and travel and I don't even remember what else um, before we got to that point. So yeah, big believer in networking, not just because of that. I've also met a lot of friends through networking, um, had a lot of success in my career, I feel, because of it, because of the people who I've met have helped me to grow and I can like learn from them and be mentored by them. I think it's never a good idea to approach a collaboration or like someone you want to mentor you as your first interaction, just like you were saying, Haley, you hate when the first interaction is the sales. Yeah, You should never message someone and just be like, hey, we should collaborate or hey, can you mentor me? Like, it's like, who are you? Do, do we even mesh? Like, is this a good fit? I don't know. We haven't had a chance to figure that out yet. But a lot of great collaborations and uh, like mentorships have come about for me through just getting to know people and networking. Yeah, something about that for initial, that initial conversation being, hi, I want something from you. You know, mm-hmm. Im- immediately someone's on a defensive posture. Either they're defending their time, they're defending. I've had people reach out to me, for example, via LinkedIn or whatever, who have maybe have been trying to apply for a job at ConvertKit, or perhaps, you know, we went to the same school or they, or something like that. And I've actually met up and gotten coffee with some people who have just been like, hey, I'd love to meet up. And I see that you and I, you know, went to the, that we went to the same school in Seattle for for learning how to do development and stuff. And I just, they're in an earlier stage of where I was a few years ago and they would love to just like get to know what that's like. And I'm like, yeah, sure, that's great. And then you have other people saying like, hey, I just applied for ConvertKit. Can you move my resume up? And I'm like, hi. Hi, stranger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not even, what? I don't even know how to do that. Like, hello. Yeah. Nice, nice to, meet to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Miguel. Yeah. What's your name? <laughs> like, let's stop there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing is where a lot of creators can go wrong in... um because they hear that collaborating is a great way to grow and, you know, all of that. And they're also, you know, desperate to get to know other creators. We want to find other people who are on our same wavelength. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think going straight in with that ask is the good way to go about it. Right. I've even had, um, I remember one creator emailed me once pitching a, a collaboration and I, you know, it was a cold email. I'd never heard of them before. And I was like, well, usually I only collaborate with people I know. So like, maybe we should follow each other on social media and chat a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh no, I'm not interested in that. It's like, okay, well, oh, I'm wow. not interested in collaborating with you then. <laughs> you, you, that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But um, can we talk about networking online now? I have one more story. So no. Okay, okay fine. <laughs> I think that this is, it's just a funny story and I miss craft and commerce so much. So I want to tell it. So I'm going to tell it great for those of you guys who don't know, we host a conference historically have hosted a conference called craft and commerce. It's local in Boise. It's a wonderful conference. That's small, like under 400 people usually, but one of my favorite connections that I've ever made was with Tim Grawl. 
who was one of our keynote speakers. And our connection was all about donuts. And I made it my mission because he loved donuts. I made it my mission for him to taste the best donuts in, in the Valley because he wanted, it was craving a donut and he just had to have a donut. And he went to this shit donut place and I just couldn't have his experience in Boise with donuts be at the shit donut place. You know, it had, he had to have my favorite donut and I made it like my mission. And now we talk about this we have a great connection and I, I really enjoy if you, for those of you guys who don't know Tim Grawl, he's wonderful. He has a, there's a keynote from his talk at craft and commerce 2019. So you, you should go back and watch it. It's really good. But I, I guess my point is, is that we just connected over something that was totally separate from what we were expected to connect over. It was donuts in this case. And oftentimes re- human connection happens in ways that are really unexpected. And that's this something that I just would really encourage people to do when they're in at events is don't look for the outcome. Sometimes the outcome isn't going to be, sometimes the outcome isn't going to be what you expect, but if you just try to connect with someone on a totally human level, that's not necessarily business related, that's when the business relationships actually end up paying off. Yeah. Yeah. They end up paying off. Yeah. It's like a, you've got to light the spark at these, at the events, right? With the initial conversation. Yeah. And you might not make the ask or really get to your point or the outcome of the thing you really want from, wanted from networking in general until later, until a few conversations down the track, but you've got to lay the foundations first um, in order for that to happen. Well, I always did. um, I always did sales, right? Historically. And so the whole reason why I ended up at events in, in the first place at ConvertKit was because I was like, well, cold emails to these big creator types, right? That I wanted to come on ConvertKit just wasn't working. Right. And what I needed was really, unless my name was Nathan Barry, you know, the people just weren't going to respond to me. Right. And that's, Mm. that's different for every type of software. That's not always like, you know, that rule doesn't always apply to every type of thing that you're selling or doing, but in our economy where relationships are so important, it really did matter. And so the whole reason why we started doing events or going to events in the first place is because I needed a place to foster a relationship that allowed for human interaction. And then as the relationship was built, then the ask could come later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of sales in a way, right? Like creators can learn a lot from salespeople because you're selling yourself. Yeah. And like, it sounds really a bit skeevy to say it that way, but you know, you get a lot of benefits by connecting with your peers in the industry. And in order to make that connection, they have to know that they have to feel it too, right? It has to be mutual. They have to know that you're worth their time as well. Yeah. Right. Like that you're not just someone trying to use them and that, uh, you have stuff to offer them as well. And it could be a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. Uh, So you are sort of, sort of selling yourself in a way. Yeah. All right. Online. Can I talk about Twitter now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Twitter is the main place that I would say I do my networking. I think it is a fantastically underutilized tool for creators for this. I see so many creators just using it as a broadcast, like just, oh, this is just another place I put my content because you have to be on Twitter, right? But I think it's a platform that is really designed for conversation. And the amount of people that I've been able to connect with and consider part of my network now because I have like fostered this relationship sometimes over years on Twitter, just by like dropping into a conversation, replying to their tweet and like slowly you reply more and more, they follow you back. And then now I've got all these people that I can count on for support when I need advice. I know that I can go to these people about it because I've fostered this relationship on Twitter. 
some of them I've never ever met in person. And so, you know, I'm just saying that you can still be doing networking during this here pandemic and, and meeting people online in that way. That's my pitch for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, think about how much easier any conversation is, especially if at some point you might have an ask of that person, if you have a history of having interacted previously. Yes. Like how much less awkward you are around one a person even the second time you talk to them. Mm -hmm. To give you a simple example, I might meet one of my wife's friends for the first time. And the first time it's pleasant and it's very like, you know, you're 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 doing your best to put forth your best effort. You're not a hundred percent yourself because you want to like put a make sure that they don't think you're like weird or rude <laughs> or whatever. You might not be totally yourself and you're like a toned down version of yourself. And then the second time you see them, it's not hi, my name is, it's hey, great to see you again. And the whole conversation just feels different. And imagine three or four conversations after that, then it's just like, hey, what's up? And you're more chill, you're more yourself and you're less reserved. And maybe at that point might be a good time to be like, hey, you know, um, I really enjoyed, you know, getting to know you and, you know, maybe we can kind of like do something together or something like that instead of just like doing it when everybody's kind of like not really themselves and feeling natural. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it builds it up over time. There's even been a uh times where I feel like I've gotten more out of an event because I had talked to some of the attendees previously on Twitter and I knew that they were going to be there. And so then we were able to arrange to meet up and that's when you solidify the relationship, right? And you're taking it from the online to the offline. And there's been a couple of times uh, throughout the past year where I obviously haven't been to events that I've just gotten on calls with some people that I've been wanting to get to know better. Um, some fellow creators, you know, like I w ended up having a two hour phone conversation with uh, Devin Coe, who is the creator of the 3D for Designers course. We'd never talked before. We'd just followed each other on Twitter and like chatted back and forth. And then all of a sudden just got into this super deep two hour long conversation and it was fantastic. So yeah, those kinds of things can happen online too. Yeah. I love that. Yesterday I had a conversation uh, with a manager for a, someone we're trying to book for creator sessions. We had a 30 minute call scheduled and made, there's a lot of like, you know, pandemic, you know, related things that caused, I would say caused this meaning that I just want to talk to people some days, you know, I just like miss people some days. <laughs> uh, but yesterday was great. Her name is, her name is Missy. And we talked for an hour and a half. And the first hour we just talked about nothing related to the, the, her artist that, um, you know, the, the chef that she represents. And it was wonderful because now we have built and like this, this on, honestly, a real, we talked about everything from inappropriate things that have to do with raising children to kids, to, you know, just like people that we follow to, um, anime movies. You know, we just had just such a wonderful connection, such a good talk and allowing myself to carve out the time to have, to create that where even though she was coming to me, she was coming to me for an ask, right? She wants to book somebody and I was evaluating mm -hmm. it. I just wasn't ready to have that conversation yet. I was, I just wanted to genuinely get to know her. And now we have created this, what I would consider like a pretty real relationship to where, you know, I feel like I can ask her for help differently or ask her um, for something. And I think she would probably say the same, same thing back. And I, if my biggest piece of advice or takeaway from, from this episode or this conversation is to give space for that. Mm. We live in this world where it's, it's every conversation has to have, you have to be efficient and has to be on point and has to, you know, 
give yourself space to just connect with people. A great example, my husband, he's terrible at this. This is why we work. But yesterday <laughs> at our, we were walking over to a neighbor's house and a new neighbor was across the street and we just sat there and chatted and for context. Okay. My nine-year-old had grabbed my baby who's like, whatever, she's under two. I still consider her a baby and <laughs> took her over to the neighbors. Okay. So we're sitting outside. Our neighbors have our, our baby and, and my, and she's in the response, you know, she's my nine-year-old has her. So I don't know what's happening to my nine-year-old. My husband's sitting there just like, Haley, the baby is over at the neighbors. Like we're not just leaving, you know, and I'm just perfectly happy engaged in this conversation <laughs> with my new neighbor. And as we walked away from the conversation, he said, man, you've really got to get your like time management under, you know, uh, you know, in order as far as like conversations go. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I feel perfectly satisfied and happy. I trust my neighbor with my kid. I trust the older, my kid who had my other kid. Okay. You know, but still nothing, nothing was, I didn't hear any crying. She wasn't that far away, but I just love that I created this and not to pat myself on the back here, but I created space to build an actual connection with a new neighbor, someone that I didn't know. And we talked about everything from golf to the neighborhood to, you know, people connections and people, things that we hadn't, you know, and now that's just missing. I just feel like that's missing from life because everybody has a purpose to a conversation. And in that moment, my purpose was just to get to know this guy that lived and make him feel like I was genuinely interested in who he was and you know, what hobbies he had. And that makes people feel loved. And that's what people want. Yeah. And when you need to borrow a cup of sugar or whatever the neighborly thing is, you can go to this guy now where it would be weird if you'd perhaps never, never met him before. And I think this is a really good metaphor for what creators should be doing is networking before you need it really. Like, oh yeah. The wrong time to make a connection with someone is when you need something from them. Uh, you should be building up the network just with people, like-minded people, people who are doing the same things as you, people doing interesting things before you know what you need from them is the best time to be doing it. Because then when something arises, you're going to have a group of people who you can lean on for support and for advice. And it's going to be mutually beneficial in that way. Maybe we should make homework for everybody listening to this episode to be like, go reply to someone on social media or like start figuring out who it is you want to build a connection with and take a step into making it happen. Even if it's as simple as just liking a tweet or an Instagram post or commenting on it. Uh, Cause I definitely have like a hit list of people that I would like to consider part of my network on Twitter <laughs> where, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm nerdy about it in that way, but I just, there's so many inspiring people out there, you know, and I'm just like, I want to talk to you all and get to know you all. And so I'm just like, you know, slowly working my way into their circles. (laughs) Yeah. Just reach out to them and say, hello, my name is Charlie and you're on my hit list. (laughs) Yeah. That wouldn't be scary at all. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Anyone there? And I've been flagged by moderators. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. Yep. And I've been blocked. (laughs) You want to avoid that for sure. (laughs) I think that um, Teddy, who, you know, is always hanging out in the in the chat here in these episodes. We love Teddy. I think Teddy is a great example of networking, honestly. I think that every time Teddy shows up here in the chat of this show, he's networking. You know, we're we're seeing his face. We're associating him with uh, all the topics we talk about. We're grateful for his support. And I know that I'm sure Teddy wouldn't mind me talking about this. Like we've DM'd on Twitter a bunch. And, you know, I know that, well, I hope Teddy knows that if he has a question about design or needs advice or anything like that, like, 
I would answer him absolutely and be happy to help because we've established this already. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's just why it's good to show up for the creators that you admire. Well, Teddy's the unofficial uh, fourth host of the show. Like he's part right. of the show at this point. Uh-huh. We've got to have Teddy actually on an episode sometime. Like it just has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be the real fourth host. Any more advice that you would give for um, what I wrote in our <laughs> notes was advice for not making networking hella awkward. i think charlie you said just to like bullet point this one more time Mm -hmm. you said this a a few minutes ago was to prepare before you go to an event so Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the most underutilized um sources like if you're at a physical event um most of the time they'll say here's a list of all the people that are going or you can see an attendee list craft and commerce we do it we've done it different multiple times but just making a list of people that you want to connect and reaching out to them prior, I think is one of the best things because walking up to somebody cold is both uncomfortable, but if you walk up to someone and you're like, oh yeah, it's Haley. We said we were going to meet, you know, it's a totally different, that feeling, those nerves that that you have or that the person on the other end um, might have, they go away when expectations are set from the beginning, you know, or you walk into an event knowing that you're about to meet a bunch of people that you've kind of already laid things out. It just makes... Um, I think it it will help with nerves um, for those people that have a hard time interacting. I want to highlight, though, the comment uh, in the chat from Kay. That's a great call out. We've tried to foster this. She's um, talking about our conference, Craft and Commerce, and she says that um, I'm in my 60s and found it difficult to connect with a younger crowd boomer meetup next time. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) 100%. And we got you. Um, We will will make that happen when events are a thing. So just I didn't want to not address that. Miguel, any advice? Yeah, I think my advice would be that something that's helped me in the past is when I'm in a situation like, say, a conference or with a group of people and I want to get to know them better and I'm feeling a little awkward or apprehensive about coming up to them, I try to remind myself that everyone is here for this explicit reason to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So it's not weird to go up to a stranger in this setting and being like, hello. I'm so-and-so, and then just be yourself and connect with that person. That's that's why we're here. It's not the same as like walking to somebody at, say, a department store and be like, hello, random stranger, I am so-and-so, and I would like to get to know you better. You know, let's spark up a conversation. Like, that's not the same thing. Even though in my mind, it feels that way. It feels like I'm walking up to a total stranger and asking them to engage in a conversation with me. But they are there to meet people. They are there to connect with you. People are on are online, even if you're not in person. People are all online to connect with people. So just, um, you know, try to remind yourself and be kind to yourself about that sort of awkwardness that you might feel about sparking up a conversation with a stranger. Yeah, because think of how many times, or I can think of how many times I've stood at like an, an a, a event party or whatever, you know, and just wished that someone would come up and talk to me so that I didn't have to be the one to awkwardly go and do that. And so the person you approach, they could be thinking that and they could be super grateful that you're striking up the conversation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, online as well. I think questions, responding to questions people put out on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social network you're using is a really great way because you're sort of delivering value and answering their question, even if it's sort of more of a uh, research or poll within like, does anyone else do this sort of thing? Like you're providing value just by answering. And so it's a great way to, yeah, start up a conversation or make that first connection. Any last thoughts on networking? 
I wish we'd seen more networking happen in the chat. Maybe people can follow each other <laughs> off off it uh, and and do that. But yeah, I really do want everyone listening to this episode to take that piece of homework that we're giving you and to go like think of someone that you'd like to get to know better in your your industry, your your creator vertical, whatever you want to call it. I think something to to kind of you know finish closing this out. Mm-hmm. I'm really anxious to see how networking changes following mm. the pandemic, right? Because people are craving human connection so badly right now. You know, we were talking just on this this call right before this. Yesterday was one of the first days that I went and I worked at a coffee shop for the first time in, you know, since March of last year. And I literally felt high. Like my, <laughs> I, I was so, it just, I was so filled with joy and happiness. I needed yesterday so bad, so badly. I was saying, Nathan set me up actually with someone that he's working with on his newsletter called from Boise. It's great. Um, if you're interested in learning about Boise. And so we were talking and lo and behold, then Nathan walks up just like, you know, he just showed up and it was the greatest, it was great. And then one of my other really good friends just showed up and was just there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the best day ever people. And I just like needed yesterday so badly, but I'm really excited to see how, just to see people getting the opportunity to be together again. I know we've talked a lot about um, connecting digitally and not letting the pandemic hold us back from this, but man, is it going to be a good day when we can network in person again? Oh yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait indeed. All right. Well, let's wrap up the show here then. This was a good chat. I really enjoyed talking about this. I've become, I don't know, I feel like I've gone from super introvert, not interested in talking to new people <laughs> to like the person who's just like craving it and craving like that connection with, with new people. So <laughs> love it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.